You're listening to KNBR, the only place with Golden State Warriors basketball. Now back to Mr. T. Hand off Jared Jack. Hornets the other way. Jack top of the key. Waits for Smith. And Jack just launches a three. It's up and good. Nine first quarter points for Jared Jack. He's four or five from the floor. And the Hornets lead by two. Time to talk a little Golden State Warriors basketball with the newest member of the Golden State Warriors, eighth year in the NBA out of Georgia Tech, Jared Jack. Jared, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? We're doing good. Just trying to remember, does Georgia Tech have three nicknames? The Ramblin' Wreck, the Engineers, and the Yellow Jackets? Yeah, that would be correct. All three of them. Fitting for some, not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and Badoom. <laughs> right. What did you think about the uh, the trade coming over to Golden State after having the year you had in New Orleans? Uh, I mean, it's all, whenever you get traded, there's always some uh, uncertainty about it. Um, you know, as it kind of sunk in a little bit more, um, the more happy and happy I got. So I'm excited to be a part of the team. Um, looks like it's a team on the upswing, and I'm ready to be a part of it. Um. When you're, I mean, you've played, you've played in you know, a couple of places now. What is, among players, what what was the view of Golden State? Are they just a team you never thought of? Uh, did you always feel like, man, it's a nice place to play. I wonder why they don't win. I mean, when you thought of Golden State before you got traded here, what did you think, if anything? Um, obviously, it's a team that, you know, is probably one of the more offensive uh power teams in the league, um, not so much on the defense end of the floor. And I think that's the thing we have to change if we want to be a team that's going to, you know, make a postseason push. You know, we got to end that stigma that we're just a team that just plays on one end of the floor. Now, I don't know if you've heard any, whether you follow the rumor mill at all or whether that you just that's sort of below you, but there are rumors now that they're interested in Kenyon Martin, which would all of a sudden make them sort of a tough team between you and him and, you know, I mean, is that the sort of transition yeah, you're talking Kenyan, about? Kenyan is not tough. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get Kenyon Martin on the phone? I'm telling you, Jared, the one thing I, I don't have a I don't have a lot of guidelines in life, but the one is to not to mess with a guy that has lips tattooed on his neck. <laughs> well, they're not there anymore. He got he got him up off there. But he did. Nah. Yeah, he changed. He got. Uh, him I'm gonna mess with there. him now. <laughs> Good, Once, good luck with that. <laughs> no, probably not, probably not going to happen anytime soon. Hey, talk about the the toughness uh, aspect of your game. In that, that's something that you've always had going back to your Georgia Tech days. Anything you can go back to in your youth basketball days that made you the player you are, as far as your tenacity and your toughness? Uh, I mean, just growing up in DC. I mean, if you weren't tough, you you weren't going to make it. Not just. Uh, on the basketball court, but just in life in general. You know, there are a lot of obstacles putting your way uh, growing up kind of in the inner city. And, you know, if you don't develop self-toughness, you know, it, you can kind of succumb to it. Talk a little bit about growing up in D.C. and making it out of D.C. to where you are now. Was it tough staying on the straight and narrow? Who kept you on the straight and narrow? And was basketball always kind of the light at the end of the tunnel? Well, I think I was blessed to, you know, have both of my parents in my household. Um, you know, they, they didn't tolerate uh, much disrespect or, you know, somebody was going to act out even when they wasn't around. So, um, 
them, you know, part of the reason why I'm here today. And then also uh, I had older guys in my neighborhood who never let me go astray. Uh, always, you know, told me to keep my goals in front of me, keep God first. And those are the things I live by till today. And, you know, I'm up here in the NBA eight years later. As many teams have, as you've played on, I think it's your, your fifth now, um, do you ever get used to getting traded or is it always a little bit of a jolt? Do you ever feel, do you ever feel fully at home in one place? Uh, it's still a little bit of a jolt. I mean, it's a kind of a two-way street. You know, um, it kind of sucks that you had to leave where you were. And like you said, not be able to, you know, establish yourself with one team, one city, whatever the case may be. But on the flip side, it's like you're the new kid at school all over again, which is always exciting. Uh, you know, it's, it's something, it's like a brand new start. So it's kind of like you're wiping the slate clean and you got a whole new uh, bunch of people to be able to impress and show them the type of person and player you are, which is always a challenge, but fun at the same time. You know, looking at the year you had last year, a lot of career numbers, Jarrett, was that a product of something that you did in elevating your game, or was it just a product of you getting a coach who believed in you and getting a chance to go out there and play? A uh, little, little bit of both. Um, obviously, it was a situation where I had uh, extended minutes, but I wanted to make sure I, I made good on those uh, opportunities they gave me. Um, you know, I thought I worked, worked my tail off coming into the season. Uh, even though we had a lockout, just always trying to stay ready. And, you know, the type of player that I've been in this league, that's kind of been my motto, always stay ready, regardless if I'm starting, coming off the bench, or whatever they ask me to do. You know, um, and that's the thing I'm going to try to bring to go to state as well. You know, I try to explain to people uh, why Jeremy Lin was so successful. And a lot of it was, as you mentioned, you get that opportunity you have to take that opportunity and make something out of it. But can you explain to people what it's like going out there and playing, as maybe Jeremy Lin did, where you can work through some mistakes and you know you're going to get a certain amount of minutes out there. You don't have to worry about one or two turnovers or a couple missed shots here and there. You can play with that confidence knowing that you can fight through some mistakes and still go out there and play and what that confidence does for a player. I mean, whenever you know you have a bit of a leeway with a coach or a coach's staff, it always eases the way you play. On the flip side, if he told you not to go out there and turn the ball over, then only pass to the guy that's wearing jerseys like you. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's just simple. Um, but, Tom got you know, that his fourth, st- fourth year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you always want to be able to play aggressive, and typically when you do that, some mistakes are going to happen. But normally when you're making aggressive, hard mistakes, um, you know, people – don't tend to get on you as much. It's the ones they kind of told you about a million mm-hmm. times and you keep doing the same things over and over again. Stay on the floor to pass or slow down or, you know, those simple elementary things that, you know, seem to be it can't tolerate in this level. Um, this has nothing to do with you, which is why I enjoy asking it. <laughs> what would you do to tell Kyrie Irving that offering to challenge Kobe Bryant to a $50,000 game of one-on-one is probably a bad move. Well, one, I don't know if 50000 is enough to get Kobe on the court, first of all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then two, I think he's going to lose because all Kobe's going to do is take him in the post. And with Kyrie, there's no help defense. Not to you know, say anything bad about Kyrie. I think he's an unbelievable player. I think he's going to be an all-star for years to come. I think eventually he'll be the best point guard in the league. Um, but... You know, challenging somebody that has like five inches on you, 
uh, you know, he can just back you down all day. Like, what, what are you going to do? Is LeBron the best player in the game now? Uh, I think he's the best player. I think KD is the most talented, if that makes sense. Explain that. Uh, I think if you just got ten guys and just said go on the court and just play a random game, uh, I think KD, you would look at KD and be like, man, that guy can do everything. If you play an NBA game, which is, you know, Tom knows, it's a little bit of detail that goes into it. You know, LeBron can demand so much double teams. He can make other guys better by, you know, his passing ability. Uh, he, he locks down on the defensive end. He's versatile in who he can defend, uh, being at the point guard through the four. I mean, he even played a little bit of center a little bit uh, in the playoffs. And just throw a little intangible I think he brings to the table with what I think, you know, made him deserving of the MVP award this year and the two he's got prior to that. Hey, Jared, eventually is New Orleans going to be able to sustain an NBA team? Well, they better. They just signed a lease with this state to 2024, so they better be be able to do something. What did you notice about the fans down there? Because I've always thought New Orleans is either a football town or just a big event town, and I didn't know. I watched some games last year, and certainly the way you you guys were scrappy and playing hard, they seemed to support you, and a year before – they were certainly out in mass. Is that a is that a city when things uh, get to maybe a lull? Is it a basketball city or is it a city that's going to show up only when the team is winning? No, I, I think regionally, uh, just being honest, and not to say anything about the fans in New, New Orleans, they were definitely great. Um, and my, my my times there, I think southern uh, cities, states, particularly their, their sport of choice is football. Mm-hmm. To be honest. If you look at, you know, the teams down south, I mean, I don't, I don't care what the Mavericks, how many championships the Mavericks win, the Cowboys will forever own that state. I mean, it's just the bottom line. With us, I think it's more, well, not us, but with New Orleans, I think it's more the same thing. The Saints are the more prevalent team at the time. And so far, so far, you go across, you know, the, the bottom of the other state. I mean, those football teams are the ones that, you know, are probably more easy to identify with. Now, are you a football guy, and if so, are you a Redskins fan? I'm definitely a Redskins fan. Oh, sorry to hear um, about that. <laughs> hey, man, we got a lot going on. We got RG, RG3 now. Just got Pierre Garçon. I mean, we're ready to make some noise. As a football You're- fan, do you feel like that uh, no matter what happens there, that Dan Snyder is going to find a way to screw it up? <laughs> No, I do not believe that. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I, I believe he, money is going to solve everything for him eventually. Um, you know, he's an aggressive owner. Uh, got a good coach uh, as well as Mike Shanahan. So hopefully uh, we can do the same thing we're trying to do over here at Golden State. Hopefully get over the hump and get in the postseason play. Before I let you run, Jared, just to talk a little bit about the team. You're going to add depth to the the backcourt position. It's going to be you, presumably you and Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson. They bring in Andrew Bogut, who I don't think a lot of Warrior fans know about because they only played him twice a year and once here, and he's been hurt the uh, on and off the past couple years. David Lee, who had a fantastic year at the fourth spot. Talk a little bit about the composition of the team and maybe what you see with the addition of yourself and Bogut. Crazy. Steph just texted me just now. Did he really? Uh, he said, get yeah, off the literally, air. <laughs> literally, literally just texted me. Um, you know, I, I think with us, I think we have some dynamic lineups we, we can put out there on the court. You know, um, Steph has already said some things about him playing alongside me, him being able to play some two. 
uh, I can do the same. Um, we could even play Clay at the point and allow both of us to play off of him. Um, Andrew Bogut, I think when he's healthy, uh, you know, being the type of caliber he is, I think he's a top five center, easy in this league. Um, one of the better passers, him as well as David. Uh, maybe they can really initiate offense. I think it's just so many things that we can bring to the table uh, on the offensive end, but I think the mentality and the identity we want to really have to, you know, try to adopt is on the, on the opposite end. You know, we got to be able to sit down and be able to grind out those games when there's four games and five nights uh, back-to-back on the road. We got to be able to steal those games when it comes down to just getting two stops in the last two minutes. Hey, Jared, really appreciate the time. I think the Warrior fans are going to be happy with the addition, a guy that can get out there, play a couple guard positions, do a lot of things, and certainly your toughness and tenacity will be a big boon for the Warriors this year and hopefully in upcoming years as well. So we appreciate the conversation, Jared, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Not a problem. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate it, man. Couldn't get him to bite on Snyder. (laughs) He just laughed at me.